Hello everybody and welcome to Interlink's first attempt at what hopefully resembles a podcast. My name is Jordan and today we will be hearing from Seth and Isaac, the guitarist and drummer of Interlink respectively. The three of us will discuss the Shelter's EP, its development, as well as how the band came to be. Uh, for starters, we will go ahead and go around and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Seth. <laughs> I play guitar sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of manage the band to, to an extent. Yeah. As far as like keeping things on track, they're in the. I, I do like that role of mm. project management. You actually kind of like your boss. He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me, me and Isaac will we'll, we'll manage a, everyone yeah, to a different extents. We have a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> who's who's who? My name is Isaac Goldsmith. I play drums at Interlinked, and I do bad cop stuff <laughs> mostly. Is there is there any really good cop stuff? The first question I posed to the guys was how Interlinked came to be. Uh, when did it become clear that we wanted to make a new band instead of keeping with our older projects? And what was the process of transitioning like? I think um, early summer 2019 was kind of the, uh, whenever the idea started to get thrown around of creating a new project or moving in a different musical direction. Um, obviously some of the uh, songwriting responsibilities had kind of shifted to other members and there were some kind of life circumstances going on that um, I think it started to become more clear that it was time to move on to a new project and do something that we felt musically made more sense to what we were listening to and what we wanted to be a part of so I feel like it started even earlier than really? that I, I would do. second that yeah because I remember having the arguments over oh, whether yeah. or not we wanted to just change the band name or if we wanted to, like, you know, what what we wanted to do, if we wanted to change the direction of the music but keep the previous right. title. But I think we made the right decision of trying to separate it to an extent yeah. because of how different it is. Absolutely. So, and I remember the very long conversations. <laughs> very long arguments. Yeah, and I want to say... Thing. Yeah, going, going back, it would be... Somewhere around like September or October of 2018, 18. where we had some ideas on the table and some new uh, musical ideas from, you know, like the like Isaac had said about songwriting from different members of the band. And we all went back and forth yeah. on like how we felt. Absolutely. So I remember so clearly messaging Jordan <clears throat> at like two in the morning and being like, we need to do something different. And it being like, no, why would we do this? But... There were many fights. Many fights. Uh, over many hours, over many months, honestly. I don't, we, we went into the studio making this record and had it done. I, I remember Alex messaged me after the final recording session had wrapped up and he was asking me what to list the files under and I didn't have an answer. <laughs> right. And so I, I messaged you guys, and like the whole group was just confused, and, and we didn't. We, it took us like another week to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but then we ended up going with Interlinked, and I agree, that was a, a good choice, um, because Blade Runner twenty forty nine continues to amaze me every time I rewatch it, no matter what else my uh, <laughs> yeah. top ten friends or partners happen to think about that. So yeah. top ten all time. You said top film all time. Top ten. I was like, wow! <laughs> I don't know, I can't say it's my number one, one ever, but... <laughs> yeah, we, we can one. definitively say that Blade Runner 2049 is uh, heads and shoulders above the original with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, and we know that the, the 
like the interlink isn't originally from the movie. It's from no, the, it is, it's from some literature that, which we can pretend to be... Poetry. Yeah. What do you call that? Yeah, yeah anyone, it's like called like the, the White Fountain or something yeah. like that. We, we can pretend it's a literary reference <laughs> yeah. and that we're all just very avid readers. Uh, which, you know, we read, but... Not, yeah, I uh, read, not poetry. Yeah, but I read. Not a crazy. Amount. I've been, I've seen around. I'm well read. A book or two. <laughs> Isaac's, Isaac's <laughs> looked at a book before. <laughs> hey, yeah, actually, the novel's called Pale Fire. So Pale Fire. The novel is so. Pale Fire. So is it yeah. is it a poem no, or is it a novel? It's a novel. <laughs> it's. I almost guarantee you, it's like one of those like novels that's like that a poem, like the poems. Iliad and stuff like no, that. No, that is a poem. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read that. Okay. <laughs> so we're named after a poem, which we've clearly all read and done some research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Who's it by? Ridley Scott. I can't, <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Let me see. Let me see. Let me look at this. <laughs> Towards the bottom there. Ryan Gosling? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nabokov. It's That's right. It's a Nabokov. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, guys. Of course. Come on. There are yeah. two college graduates in this room. <laughs> Guess which one? <laughs> yeah, you'll be hard-pressed to find out which ones they are. Let's see. Go ahead and moving on, then. Um, so, like I said, we, we didn't really know for sure 100% what the new identity was going to be uh, whenever we came out of the studio, but we knew going into the studio that it was going to be different from what we were doing previously. Um, I can remember specifically, uh, Isaac and I, we went to a Starbucks in a town I don't remember anymore. It was, it was just kind of... It's a town that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, like in some long forgotten town, <laughs> That's it right. might it was, not exist anymore. It was wiped out. <laughs> but, but we went there, I want to say it was in March of 2019, and it was like a dark and kind of rainy night. We went there in your truck, and, uh, we had to take the toll road to get there. Okay. Um, so it could have been like some satellite town of Fort Worth that I just don't quite remember anymore. Was it Crowley? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, so we, yeah, so we went to this mysterious place. <laughs> this uh, spooky Starbucks. Yeah, and of course there was a Starbucks there because there's one everywhere. <laughs> and there was a ghost. Yeah. But, but we sat there with Silent we sat... Hill, Texas. <laughs> it was foggy that night, I remember. <laughs> it was foggy. There was that guy with the pyramid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he was standing a comfortable distance away down the road. Um, but, but Before social distancing. Yeah, and, and this was very much so before all that. We were there with Zach and Alex, uh, our producers, that, that helped us with this record. And we told them right then and there that this was going to be a different project and different, uh, you know, artist title yeah. and yeah. different musical style and what that entailed. And we had a good, you know, couple hour long conversation. And then we went our separate ways until... Uh, I believe it was later that month that we, that we got the drums in the studio. I think we started recording the record in late March. Um, but having said that, obviously there was a little bit of prep work before we went into the studio. But what would you say like everyone's goals were going into the studio with the new material? And how did you want this specific project to differ from past projects? Um, I think as a whole, we just wanted to create music we identified with more. Um, I think some of our previous stuff had been uh, just, just stuff. Th I mean, some of the songs that were written for pre previous material were written whenever we were not even adults. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of growth that happens in between the time you, you know, 
graduate high school or and graduate college or yeah. or whatever the time period is and I felt like as a whole we just wanted to create something that we were just simply proud of and simply uh, could resonate more so with yeah something that felt more current yeah. for us as people and not not just current from a you know music culture standpoint absolutely so because I, I know you've always been a metalcore kid yes, sir. i have not <laughs> i didn't get into metalcore till i was in college Dang. i was That's, like i'm pretty much yeah. in the same boat doubting yourselves right now <clears throat> I, I yeah, I'm shame. not particularly ashamed that I did not have a scene phase. Hey, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, let's, you want to pull up your hey, MySpace? That's enough. <laughs> um, Can we please change the topic? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I want to say that I started to gravitate more towards, uh, you know, more progressive, uh, modern metal type music. I want to say when I met Isaac, um, which was around <laughs> like 2014, 2015. I, I, in particular, remember, I, it was pretty, I can pinpoint it well, because we were on our way to Disney World. Ooh. Uh, for, classic. Yeah. With the Golden Pride Band. Yes, sir. Cleburne, Texas. The pride of Cleburne, That's Texas. That's right. Um, our, our lovely hometown. Pretty good for Cleburne. Absolutely, yeah. We, we did some things, right? <laughs> um, we are pretty good. But, um, I can remember listening to Altered State, the Tesseract album, which had come out a year prior at that point. But that was really my first like brush with that type of music, and I really enjoyed the instrumentation, uh, the tones, things like that, just the general performance, and that kind of led me into more uh, other progressive types of music that I think was more familiar with what we make now. So yeah, I, I was definitely late to the party on that one. I, I was 16, 17 at that time. Yeah, I didn't realize it, but... Uh... Because I didn't know Trivium was considered metalcore yeah. for a long time. Oh, they don't count. That counts. See, yes, yes, it, it does This count. is what I'm talking about. Um, so I guess Trivium was really my first exposure to like metalcore. I didn't know it was metalcore. I thought it was just like new wave of thrash metal yeah, or like well, new wave of know. American metal, like Lamb of God. You know, type, you know similar. Yeah. Like they don't really sound alike, but they're in the same kind of subgenre, quote unquote. Subgenres. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I do like my subgenres. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be my first exposure. But it didn't. It, 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 but like you're like you're saying, Jordan, they don't. They almost don't count. They kind of cross that subgenre line. I just remember in flames. Not in flames. Not in flames. In waves. In waves. Wow. In flames is a totally different thing. <laughs> Schoolboy um, error. In waves, feels pretty metalcore. Right. Absolutely. Anything off of ascendancy. Does not. Does not. That's what I was going to say. I was going to bring up uh, hearing rain for the first time. Just, like, the first, like, 45 seconds of that song are just absolutely in the vein of thrash metal, which was my cup of tea, uh, especially earlier um, in my life. And, and still today, to, to a certain degree, but definitely not as much as it was back then. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very, very passionate about Ascendancy. I love that record, but... Yeah, because uh, you and I were thrash kids. I yeah, mean, you sure. were You were too, Isaac, but to a lesser lesser extent and you're not and you're afraid to admit it i wasn't <laughs> you're ashamed of that like equally as much as your your myspace scene phase i'm yeah. ashamed of one you're probably the other yeah i was gonna say you're more ashamed of the thrash kid Maybe. thing <laughs> i know 
all I know is that the other day I had pizza and beer for the first time, <laughs> you know, in, in like years, mm. and it felt good. It was good. Sometimes you gotta thrash it out, man. You yeah. Just gotta, yeah, for sure. You just gotta circle pit in your room, sure. you know, no karate. Damaging comes on, and I'm like, all right, yeah, it's still like thrash. <laughs> it comes, it awesome. comes in waves. Yeah. In waves? It does. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Um, Professional over here. <laughs> right. So I think it's safe to say that, yeah, the, the newer stuff was more in line with what we like about the metal genre as it stands these days, as opposed to uh, in the past when we were much more inclined to different subgenres. And in that way, I think picking a new project name and new brand was sort of justified. Yeah. Um, and going off of, you know, going into the studio with those different uh, mindsets and ideas, um, that recording process ended up lasting several months, um, mainly just due to conflicting schedules. The studio was in McKinney, uh, Seth and I were in Denton, the rest of the gang were kind of scattered, um, Fort Worth, Cleburne, you know, generally like an hour or so away. But yeah, we, we started in the March of 2019, and I did my last vocal session late July of that same year. What are your strongest memories from that process? I just remember being excited about the material and being much more excited than I was previously about stuff we had worked on um, and uh, just I don't know it was the first time we had been in a studio with material that was written more so by Tony and I felt like it was closer to the music I'd listened to and it was closer to the music that I enjoyed <clears throat> uh, so I had more fun playing it and more fun preparing and just the overall experience was something I looked forward to a little more. And what was that like preparation process like for you? I, I didn't really get to see much of it. Just, I mean, same process as the previous stuff, really. Just writing parts, practice parts, record parts. Mm -hmm. Where were you writing at at that time? Um, I don't remember anymore. Well, most of the parts were written in MIDI, and then I transcribed them and then taken them to the to the kit, which was actually set up at Seth's dad's place. That's right. And in practice there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for me, I will say, I distinctly remember, one, being alone during vocal tracking. Oh, yeah. that, that was odd to me. I wasn't quite okay with that, but I think it turned out fine. Um, yeah, that, that was one thing. And also, I have a video of Seth eating chicken nuggets. Um, yeah. I think you went to like three or four of the sessions. One of them you fell asleep <laughs> at. Um, yep. <laughs> you, you, had, you had brought the other guitar there was a guitar that you brought to the studio and you were hanging out on the couch and you just passed out yep. and then yeah the, the eating of the chicken nuggets those are my memories those are <laughs> those are the only two things you remember <laughs> that's funny following um, that somewhat lengthy recording process we seem to always have the plan in mind that we were going to sit on our material for a little bit of time um, as we planned out the rest of the release, you know, getting the music video together or uh, lyric video together, things like that, just in place so that whenever we launched the project, we would have uh, sort of a drip feed of content to release throughout the months that followed. Obviously, 2020 had different things in store. We had all sorts of delays. Yeah, we definitely sat on the content. Yeah. Sat on it for a while. <laughs> we, well, we ended up, like I said, like uh, we, we released it in October of 2020. Um, but it was finished and mixed and mastered and back in our hands by August. So 
what was it like having to sit on the material for over a year? It was funny. There was a lot of different emotions. There was points where I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to get it out to the world. And then there were actual points where I tried convincing the rest of the band to delete the record uh, because... I guess the self-loathing nature of being musician. Of being Isaac. Yeah, being Isaac, really. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was never like, let's well, delete it and start over. Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> the self-loathing nature of myself, I guess, uh, kind of amplifies whenever you don't just get it out into the world and you have time to listen to it over and over and over again and decide what you hate most about it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. definitely do not uh, try to listen to our stuff. Like, oh, yeah. after it comes out. <laughs> I'm, I'm over that, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Like, I'll be around, like, you know, family or friends or whatever, and, and it'll, like, come on. Like, they're, like, Spotify it's Shuffle or whatever. And I'm like, please. Mm. Please skip it. <laughs> That's funny. And my dad's like, why? It's good. And I'm like, I, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. I don't want to I don't wanna know. <laughs> I have my own thoughts. It's funny. That's not... That's, that's, that is absolutely... Uh, you never... Uh, there's never a harsher critic than yourself. Absolutely. Kind of thing, so... I, yeah, very much a similar uh, experience. Um, at that time, I was kind of going back and forth between uh, going to college up in Denton and working back in Cleburne. And so there was a lot of driving where I would listen to it and, you know, kind of think about it. And if I could change things, what would I have changed and be them vocally or instrumentally? Um I don't think I ever quite got to a point where I wanted to delete the entire record. <laughs> um, but, but I did get to points where I wanted certain songs to either be completely rechanged or, or uh, completely left off the record as a sort of like B-side. Right. Um, and that's kind of a regret of mine looking back is like if we had done this all over again, I would have gotten more material together. And, and sort of, you know, weeded out, you know, the weaker songs or the ones we didn't feel quite as passionate about. Um, but I'd say all in all, once it became clear that we were going to release it, that, that everything was kind of in sight, um, of course, we had to record that music video. I had to record that music video. What am I saying? Um, I'm not going to be humble about it. I, I straight up had to drive four hours to Austin uh, to, to meet with our producer and, and film that video. And it was just me and him in a shack in Austin uh, that, that you can like rent out for, for a studio space and stuff like that. And it was 95, 96 degrees, and we were <laughs> in a hot shed that had no air conditioning, um, and I was wearing a heavy coat for a large portion of the video shoot. Um, if, you, if you're familiar with our promo photos or if you've watched the video, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it's a long black pea coat that is just hot as all hell on its own, but especially when you're thrashing about and making yourself look like a fool um, on camera. Uh, and I don't think the band will ever quite repay me for that. <laughs> Next time when we make you do a music video by yourself, you can hop around in a loincloth. Oh yeah, that'll... I would vastly prefer the loincloth. Shout, uh, shout out Brandon for putting up with Jordan crying about... Absolutely. Brandon, Brandon was very professional, and, and yeah, I very much appreciate uh, his going out there and, and, you know, doing his job and doing it well. Doing well. Yeah, um, yeah I, I also want to say I never want to do a music video by myself again. That's fair. That was the strangest feeling, was just, like, losing my brains and, like, acting like I was, you know, all that and, and just no one else there. Acting is weird. It is weird, and it's I, very I don't strange. know. I wasn't... 
wasn't a wonderful time, but it, it was great for what it was. And like I said, Brandon did a great job. I was very professional, very uh, cool about it. Um, it didn't take too long, thankfully. If it did, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Um, right. I would have died of heat stroke at least three times oh. over. Um, yeah, so there was that. Well, I'm sorry we did that to you. <laughs> it's okay. No, that was my idea. So. <laughs> yeah, I think the rest of us were like working or something. Pandemic, or, man. Or it was, well, yeah, it was either all of us were going to be there or only one of us. Because it'd be weird if like only three of the band yeah. that were able to make it could do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The scheduling was just really weird at the time. Yeah. And I'll also say that just given the lyrical content of the song itself being more uh, like sort of... Not not completely autobiographical, but semi autobiographical. Apologies for the iPad uh, dinging at me. Yeah. Um, That's okay. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think that having the one person video, just given the content of the song itself, was actually a good call. Um, it was also especially a good call given the pandemic, um, keeping things limited, who seeing who, coming into contact with who and what. Like that's was just kind of a precaution we had to take. Um, yeah, and it turned out well, I'd say. I, I enjoyed it, um, watching back, looking at it, uh, it's how good video. It, how does it yeah. feel, uh, yeah. watching a music video where you're the only person in it? Does it feel, like, kind of, <laughs> kind of weird, kind of sensual? Like I, 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 I won't, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> kind of <laughs> what? I, <know. laughs> I knew that was coming up. <laughs> you feel like a narcissist? Yeah. No, dude. <laughs> I knew that was happening, too. I knew that was going to happen. Um... Hey, we if we can make jokes about it and, and yeah. keep it from it's, happening, then no, it's all like good. for real. Yeah, help me stem off my, my horrible addiction um, of being afraid of myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all Who doesn't have that? We we all know. It. Yeah. Um, no, I'll say honestly. Twitter's gonna love that one. <laughs> I was I was very anxious. I was very upset. I I didn't watch it for a while. Um, I, I wouldn't kinda, have if it had been me. I didn't watch it once. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I didn't check it out until the rest of the band had looked at it and they were like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's good. You know, like, th it looks good for, yeah. for everything, like, considering. And then I was like, okay, I'll give it a watch. And even then I skimmed through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, that looks good. You know, skip forward like a minute and a half. Okay, that looks good. How does this part look and sound? Um, he did this really cool thing uh, at one point in the shoot where... Uh, there was a couch that was just there, um, and I and I should point out that we didn't bring anything to the shoot other than a camera and myself. Like that, that was about all we had on set. Um, the rest was purely just what was like already in the barn thing we were in itself. And there was just a couch there for some reason. And he's like, you know that that old looking couch is actually kind of sick. Like bring it over here. <laughs> and, yeah, and so it's a sick couch. <laughs> well, yeah, like, it, it was like this old timey looking couch that you would find in like a jazz lounge or something. Yeah, the couch looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty metal to me. Um, so we brought it over and, and spikes on it. <laughs> and there was like a set of garage doors behind me. You couldn't see them obviously because we covered them up with like you know the white mm. sheet or the black sheet depending on what part of the video you're at. But he also had this light that he had thrown over the top of the garage. Like, you know how, like, the garage comes up and it's held in place on the ceiling by these, like, metal rods. He had hung the, this light over the garage, uh, like, hanging rod things. And it was, like, dangling down precariously off of a chain. And he 
covered up the light with a red filter and so there was this red light and it looked wonderful but at any moment <laughs> you know this this chain light <laughs> could just fall and and you know kill me on this on this super cool couch catch the couch on fire yeah so i was really happy that didn't uh <laughs> didn't happen yeah i mean that's better than the other our other experience uh shooting a music Ooh, video yeah <laughs> where we lost a drone yeah, uh, our cameraman lost a drone. We got yelled at by cops. Yeah, that was classic. Fun. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't become cops. We'd have to go <laughs> yell at people like us recording music videos and. I'll, I'll put it on record. I don't want to be a cop. Yeah, I also. <laughs> I also put on record. For, for the record, none of us are cops. Nobody aspires to be cops. <laughs> Mentioning the the beginnings of the project itself, I could point back to sort of August. Uh, July of like 2018 when we'd already had the discussions about you know potential changing of the guard and and the band and all that but Isaac you actually encountered some uh, interesting health issues about that time that uh kind of put things I'd say into a new perspective but yeah uh would you like to elaborate any at all Um, on that yeah so simply I had uh, it was supposed to be kind of a routine surgery to get rid of some, uh, I had some like uh, internal bleeding stuff that had been present for a while, and we finally decided to see if we could fix it up, um, and then didn't quite go as expected. Um, and whenever you have like blood disorder issues, things tend not to go as you expect, and uh, there was just kind of a period where. We were trying to get me healed up from the surgery and resulted into close to a month-long hospital stay and lots of blood transfusions and passing out and all that type of fun stuff. It was a real, probably the scariest uh, period of my life, uh, being told by a doctor that we're not sure when you're going to stop bleeding and hopefully we can figure something out tomorrow over and over again after you've passed out in the shower however many times is uh, uh, not the experience I wish I would have had that particular summer but uh, you really learn from those types of things I guess and to make matters you know even more dire in that situation uh, we had recently been invited to uh, open the local uh, summer slaughter festival that was happening uh, in Dallas and if I remember correctly, you were discharged from the hospital about a week or, uh, or even less? It was like, I, be- I believe it was two weeks. Um, I had, uh, I was here, yeah, I was in the hospital for right, right under a month. And then I was discharged. I was, I was actually sh- uh, mailing tickets from the hospital room. I was having family members bring me shipping materials and, uh, handling all that and trying to hustle tickets in the uh, cardiac uh, room at Harris Hospital. So shout out, <laughs> shout out those people for <laughs> letting me mail stuff out of the hospital. Um, but yeah, I was like probably like two weeks afterwards and it was really interesting. Um, I still had uh, a pick line in my arm where I had to administer like blood medicines and uh, I had atrophied a lot of my a lot of my muscles had atrophied, so I couldn't really lift my drums. So we had to uh, guest list a few extra people to help move all of that. And it was a, a kind of a quick turn of events. Mm-hmm. And I will say that just like the two weeks, 
that we would shed it um, immediately before the show, just, you know, really honing the set and what we wanted to do and just working through that was really impressive. It was super, you know, inspiring for lack of a better word. I, I don't want to make you the narcissist now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I can say pretty surely that after that experience, it was almost a set in stone thing that, that this project was happening. Would you say that you had similar feelings about that? As much as I try not to, trying to get out of the habit of making scary or tragic things seem more important than they actually are, but uh, I think there was definitely moments in that experience where I had to rethink a lot of things. I think one of the things I rethought was what I wanted to be putting myself into musically and how I wanted to express myself. And uh, um, there were a few moments throughout all that where, to be quite frank, I wasn't sure if I'd wake up. And as silly as it may seem, uh, whenever I did wake up, it kind of made more sense for me to participate in music that I was more passionate about or, or felt more connected to. You had like a literal like near-death experience. Yeah, it was, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I, mean, I haven't had anything quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan showed up at the hospital like three in the morning. Yeah, I, I was I was bummed because cause nobody told me that was happening because I would have I would have made the drive to meet you too and we could all like hung out in the hospital. It was room. funny. I was supposed to get <laughs> I was supposed to get discharged that next day. Yeah. Um, and so, in my head, as we were all hanging out in the cardiac room, <laughs> and, like I'm like the youngest person there or whatever. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm gonna be hanging out with my friends the next few days, get ready for summer slaughter and. Uh, they went home, I went to sleep, and then my doctor decided last minute to not send me home. And mm. I was kind of bummed. I was like, what the heck? Like, this is so stupid. And then that night, I was passing out on the toilet. So, <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight, it was probably the, the smart call. <laughs> yeah, I remember going up there with Spencer, and we hung out in your hospital room and played Pokemon Go for like an hour and a half. Yeah, well, my hospital room was right outside of the Poke Shop, so yeah. it really was. It was worked. right outside from a gym. Yeah. No, it was at right and, outside of the gym. And we took that gym yeah. before we left. That's right. <laughs> well, I think, really, if uh, the $250,000 worth of hospital bills would probably worth... Um, the opportunity that, to take that gym. Yeah, taking that gym. It's a good know? thing that it happened... To, to you and not yeah no, me absolutely. at the time because <laughs> yeah. I'd still be paying off yeah I have health insurance <laughs> thankfully I have health insurance now which I'm super thankful <laughs> for for the record for the record <laughs> I am insured now nobody worry yeah this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> the American healthcare system yeah. which we all love very much it's been, it's been so great to me this is sponsored by the ACA <laughs> <laughs> okay that's actually all I have um, on the dock here but any closing thoughts or opinions, statements, declarations, resignations? Mm. <laughs> it's been real. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Alright, I'll stop. It isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, these talented individuals and their work for this project cannot be understated. Um, the band would like to thank the following. Alex and Zachary Goodenough, Elijah Zakharov, Brandon Brumley, Daniel Hambright, and Savannah Shadle. Thank you all so much for joining us on this foray into the world of podcast media. Uh, we hope you have a great year, and we hope that you guys stay safe out there. Thank you so much. <laughs>